Today on Watching Your Wealth, the Case Foundation's Jean Case shares the most important lessons she's learned about philanthropy. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Advice for making, keeping, and protecting your money. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, while you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Jean Case is the CEO of the Case Foundation. Jean and her husband, Steve, have donated more than $100 million to various causes and charities through the foundation, and more than double that through their personal giving. She joined the Giving Pledge, started by Melinda and Bill Gates and Warren Buffett in 2010 with Steve, and publicly reaffirmed her commitment to give away the majority of their wealth to fund worthy and charitable causes. Welcome, Jean. It's great to have you. Thanks, Veronica. It's a delight to be with you. My pleasure. So, Jean, first, tell us about your motivation. What motivates you to give? Well, you know, I think both my husband and I were raised sort of with the belief that to whom much is given, much is expected. And I think we had the terrific opportunity to help build a great company and benefit from that, know a bunch of really great and talented people and benefit from that. And as we looked out across our world and saw a world of great needs, I think it excited us both to think about using sort of these next chapters of our lives to try to make a difference. That's so wonderful. What a great mentality. Tell me, how do you personally benefit from giving? How does it make you feel? Well, you know, I think much has been written about this, and there's been a fair amount of research as well of late, which I find really helpful. And that is that most people who spend their time focused on trying to make a difference in the world usually walk away feeling they're the greater beneficiary, even if they really have spent that time giving of what they have, whether that's their time or their money or other resources where they think, you know, they can play a role and make a difference. And that's certainly been my experience. So I'd, I really, there's, there aren't many bad days here. <laughs> <laughs> this role at the Case Foundation, let me tell you. Oh my gosh, that's just going to have to be such a fun job helping so many people, making an impact that way. Tell us more about why you think it's important for the wealthy to give back. Sure. Well, I, I should say um, I think it's important for everybody to mm, give back. Good point. And in fact, you know, this word philanthropy really means the love of humanity. Mm. And I'm an optimist. I believe most people have a love of humanity. And so I think to a person, everyone has a role they can play in benefiting society or benefiting the life of someone else. And we encourage that really in everything that we do. So at the Case Foundation, we've been about democratizing philanthropy and really moving away from this definition of philanthropy being about rich people writing checks Mm. and encouraging everyone to give what they can of what they have. That's wonderful. Everyone can make an impact, whether it's through their time, through their money, some sort of resources to help other people. That's a great way to look at it. I love that. I also love your commitment to entrepreneurship through the foundation. Tell us why that's so important to you. Sure. Well, you know, I came out of the private sector. I'd spent my career in technology and, of course, the last decade or so at AOL. Um, And there, I think we saw just the unbelievable power of both business, but more importantly, entrepreneurs, to look at a problem and come up with new solutions. And so when I moved over to what we call the social sector, which includes philanthropy, nonprofits, government, et cetera, 
And I really saw sectors that were grappling with some of the most daunting challenges of our time. So I looked around the tables, I didn't see a lot of entrepreneurs. And so I think it struck us just based on our own background and, and you know, understanding the power of entrepreneurial approaches, that gosh, if that could be infused in the social sector, there could be an opportunity really for a whole new way to approach some of the old daunting challenges. And I'm pleased to say I think in the last decade or so, we've seen much more involvement really calling entrepreneurs. Today they're called social entrepreneurs. <laughs> but really at the end of the day, calling entrepreneurs to the table and say, bring us your best thinking around how you might solve this really daunting challenge that we're looking at. That's really neat. Is there a specific entrepreneur that comes to mind that you, maybe that you've helped or helped inspire that is a, a success story to you that you hold up? Sure. And they, I must say they run the gamut from, you know, really some of the hottest companies today. So if you look at Warby Parker, for instance, you know, definitely a fashion leader in eyewear. They're very much of an impact company right from the start, the DNA of that company was to basically make it easier and more convenient to get eyewear. And that didn't just apply to the elites who want the most fashionable, but they also, for every pair of glasses that they sell, they make a pair of glasses available in the developing world. Uh, Revolution Foods, and by the way, they were named the number one most innovative company by Fast Company last year. And it really is sort of this entrepreneurial spirit just infused into the building of a great company and brand. Similarly, there's a company on the West Coast, Revolution Foods, um, and they're providing about a million and a half healthy foods into our public school systems and after school and community centers that serve children as well. And there they say they have uh, kid-inspired chef-crafted meals that they make available. And almost single-handedly, they're changing the diets of children all over America. And that was their mission when they got started. And it is really two moms who took the company forward as founders and the CEO today. And, you know, these are people with a real mission in mind in the businesses that they're building. That's great. I think it shows that you can make money but also give back at the same time. And that's so important for millennials. So many of our listeners are millennials. And I know you have a special focus on millennials within the foundation. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Well, our work with millennials dates back many years, actually, really before we were really using that term broadly <laughs> to talk about the next generation. And, you know, it's funny because I'm not a person who really likes labels, <laughs> um, but they sort of did get labeled pretty early. And one of the things that was most troubling to us is some of the labels that was being applied to the generation were not particularly positive. And yet in our own work with them, what we had seen was they really stand out. We say that, look, all young generations are idealistic, and that's been true through most of time. The difference with this young generation is they're turning their idealism into action. Love it. And so I have said many times that I think they are the next greatest generation. That's right. And, you know, this comes from years of working and research and surveying them to understand their behaviors, their attitudes, and sort of their action plan, if you will, for everything from social justice to just benefit benefiting society more broadly. What you, your research really ties in with some of the experiences I've had when speaking to especially younger millennials at colleges. I'm, I'm always blown away by their commitment to making the world a better place. I want to ask you, what's the most important lesson in philanthropy that you've learned through the years? Hmm. 
You know, I think that our work with the campaign we called Be Fearless Mm -hmm. really embodies what we considered maybe one of the most important takeaways we found. And, And that is, you know, in philanthropy, really in the social sector more broadly, and again, I'll define that as philanthropy, nonprofits, and government, um, for whatever reason, the sectors had moved away from experimenting, trying new things, R&D, or what I call risk-taking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In fact, they're much more focused on avoiding risk. And as a result, we hadn't seen a lot of innovations come forward in key areas where innovation is greatly needed. So we launched the Be Fearless campaign to try to demonstrate five principles that have been present where transformational breakthroughs or change has come in a positive way. And we've really been about the business of sharing those with our colleagues in philanthropy, in nonprofits, and in government as well. And it turns out some of those principles apply even more broadly than that to things like big old companies who fear taking risks as well. And, you know, what we say is we really sort of – embrace, um, uh, we, we almost take a page, if you will, from the tech sector here, which is, understands entirely you can't have innovation without taking risks. And, of course, a big part of that message is when you're taking risks, you have to accept that failure may be an option. But we love Thomas Edison's quote, I haven't failed, I've just found 10,000 things that won't work. <laughs> I love that. It's a great way to really look at it. that's really the spirit we're trying to embrace here is we all really do the important work of addressing the needs of our societies. I love that. We've got about 20 seconds left. I would love to get your advice for people who want to give and make an impact, but they may not have substantial resources, what do you say to them? Gosh, small gifts, when taken together, can do powerful things. Mm-hmm. We try to demonstrate that in every way. Um, and so no matter where you are, no matter what age or stage you're at, there's something that you can bring to the table to help another, and we would just encourage that. That's a great tip. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us, Jean. Thanks, Veronica. My pleasure. And thanks again to Jean Case for joining us. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of the Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening.